0: Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Large Format Photography Podcast. My name is Simon Forster and I'm joined by Andrew Bartram and Jenny Sampson. Hello Andrew. Hi Simon. Hello Jenny. Hi Simon. It's great to have you with us Jenny. Mm.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Right well first of all let's get going and the first thing I want to do is to say thank you to Andre Dominguez uh, for being with us last week. Um, That was a last week it was two weeks ago um, but that was a, a really enjoyable show where Andre came on as a semi-noob and asked lots of questions and we had help from a distinguished panel of previous guests and enthusiasts so uh, thank you again and- Andre and thank you all uh, to everybody else that came along uh, to to help out on that one as well and just a, just as a point of note uh, some people are still waiting I say some people. I don't know, perhaps nobody, but somebody might be waiting uh, to to see that show appear on YouTube because we did actually record that as a video. Um, but there's been a few a few hiccups uh, along the way, so that show will go out when we get the chance. So uh, and we'll we'll put a note up in the in the Facebook and uh, on our Instagram feed as well when that goes live. So um, let's head straight over to the Fens and what's what's been happening, Andrew.
2: Um, The three S's I've written down here. Now, some people might think that's some kind of marketing term, and it probably is. It's probably five S's or seven S's. So I've written down here, shoot, speed, and sweats. I was reminded by shoot by none other than Jimmy Hickford, who messaged me just as we were about to record. And Jimmy said, "Uh, can't remember which of your podcasts, because, you know, I I do loads clearly, which of your podcasts it was. That you mentioned you dislike the term "shooting" photographs, I, and, she, and he says I just saw this on another friend's page, and he and he points me to a photographer who I had heard of, but I hear of so many photographers and I forget them. But um, I don't know Simon or Jenny. You've heard of Marketa Luskakova, Czech Czech mm-hmm. photographer. She um, Wikipedia says she's a Czech photographer known for a series of photographs taken in Slovakia, Britain, and elsewhere. Considered. One of the best Czech social photographers to date, since the 1990s, she's photographed children in the Czech Republic, Slovakia, and also Poland. And she's uh, reached the veritable age of 75 and has published several books. Anyway, apparently, the aforementioned Jimmy says um, he he posted this and says this is on cultural differences in the Czech. uh, And this is what Marketa said in the Czech language: the verb to photograph means to immortalize. When I came to Britain in 1975, I was shocked to learn that in English, the equivalent is to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, take photographs. Anyway, whether, whether you say shooting or taking, I think it's horrible. I really think it's horrible. So when I say making a photograph, I'm not being pretentious. It's just because I can't think of another verb to use um because i think shooting is just is just horrible it, and taking it's all one way isn't it it's either you know what i mean am i am i just being old and grumpy <laughs> jenny
1: <laughs> well i i can't help but uh i i do use the the term shoot um but i am also i've become very aware of um some photographic communities changing that language because it is uh it, it's not really a positive word, um, yeah. uh, and for me, as a wet plate collodion photographer, I do make pictures, so Absolutely, I try do, yeah. to. Yeah, so I I have been using that word more and more often because it 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 is it is what I do. I make them.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I, I I share work on on uh, on social media and um, you know Instagram and all those other places in our Facebook group. And um, but m- much of it, in fact, the majority of it, is um, scanned prints, which I've made, you know. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: So it's a process, isn't it? And anyway, that's the first of the essays. This isn't all about well, me, of course, well, as we just, know. I was just going to say. Go on, on, carry on Well, on
0: that, that that subject, there, it, it yeah. definitely was our show. And- yes. <laughs> and i can't remember I, i'm racking my brain i'm not sure if it was the jack lowe show or not um possibly maybe. yes i think i think it was jack yeah, yeah. the
2: other wet uh, collodion photographer
0: and and because i think you you said making and i think jack picked up on it and he did uh, there's been yeah. discussion and i was very very quiet in the background because i used the shoot i used the word shoot all the time And yeah. and i just sat back on that and i listened to it and i was thinking I'm not going to say that or I'm going
2: to try <laughs> not to say that ever again. Do you know what really annoys me as well? And, you know, on, on one of the groups I'm part of, which is a great group and the guys are all great in it. Well, mostly anyway. Um, there's, there's nearly always a post and, and it's meant in the best possible, you know, community spirit. There's that word again. Yeah. What are we all shooting this weekend? And I mm-hmm. just put my head in my hands. I thought,
3: oh, no.
2: So then I'll say, see, I'm in the dark room with some foam of paper. And then I'd, I've got this hashtag now, which is shoot less, print more. But um, <laughs> I, I'm just going to, I think I'm just going to lose followers if I carry on like this.
1: <laughs> I, I actually posted once on Instagram and I said something to the effect of, uh, I mean, I was at a skate park and I said something to the effect of, I'm shooting lots of girls today. A friend of mine texted me very soon after I posted and said, "Are you sure you want to say what you said?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm like, "Oh, what are you talking about? I have no idea." And I looked at it. I'm like, "Oh, yeah. okay."
3: <laughs>
2: it said really I innocently. It said really innocently, isn't it? Of course, we know that. You know, mm-hmm. but it just. You know, I, I find right. I get it- irritated by lots of things as I get older.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean language is changing. The meaning of words is changing, yeah. you know, and um and it can have it can have an effect.
2: It can. And for people of Simon and, and, and my generation, it's very easy to, you know, to put your foot in your mouth very easily because, you know, let's face it, we're two middle aged white guys and we don't you know, we we don't go out of our way to offend people, but it's very easy these days to offend people mm-hmm. if you just say inadvertently the wrong word. My Absolutely. daughter picks me up all. My daughter picks me up all the time. She's, you know, she's training. She's very much into mental health issues. She's trained mm-hmm. to be a social worker, and um, sometimes I say things just to kind of, you know, poke, just to get a bit of a reaction. But uh, you know, she if I say something inadvertently, she says, "Dad, you can't say that." I said, mm-hmm. "Can't I?" What? I've always said, "Well, you can't say it now," you know. Mm-hmm it's very hard we don't people aren't generally folk are really nice and they don't go out of the way to offend others do they and um, you know things are said quite innocently
1: the times they are changing
2: (laughs) so can I give you my second S because you know I don't want this all to be about me (laughs) speed now you reminded me about this just before the show yes Um, I had had another rant Uh, this is all I've been doing since the last show is, is ranting um so I had another rant, and I don't—I can't actually remember what set it off. I actually—I had actually forgotten about it until you poked, poked me with a stick about ten minutes ago, and I think it was, in some quarters, there seems to be, um, whether it's a macho thing, I don't know, but the need to just take a film, and just push it because, you know, and so I, I you know, I grossly underexpose it really is what you're doing. And that can be fine, you know, that can be fine, but not all the time, not just for the sake of it, okay, folks? Just don't do it. Stop it. I think you, <laughs> so I actually, because what you're doing is underexposed, oh, yeah, and I'll recover it in the developer. No, 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 you won't. You won't recover it because if it's not recorded on the film, you, you won't pull it out by magic. It's not like, you know, you're not a magician. However, I, I do rate films faster on occasion, and of course, I rate HP five in my Nikon F two, and I was am- I actually was amazed when I first did it, and I've not done it many many times, at how how much shadow detail it does retain, but you certainly get a different look. But please don't just do it for the sake of it, you know. And and I know there'll be people saying, calling me a boomer, which actually I'm not. I think I'm a bit too young for that, and uh, you know. Someone, you're doing, you're doing well, a pretty
0: good job though.
2: I know, yeah, yeah. But actually, of course. In the post where I ranted, I did actually then say, "But you know what? Really, it's okay, isn't it? You know, ignore me. You know, most people do. Um, but you know, if I'm if I'm making a print in the darkroom, where I want finely graduated tones, I want to I want to be able to see some shadows that, in the words of John Blakemore, who I often quote on this show, blacks that he calls living blacks. You know, not dead blacks, living blacks." And you notice it in a lovely fiber print if i'm aiming for that right i'm not going to be grossly underexposing my film okay but if i'm not aiming for that if i'm aiming if i'm in a nightclub somewhere or not that i go to nightclubs you know at a gig (laughs) photographing the guitarist with his axe with his his face you know with that guitar face he's got on with all kind of in ecstasy you know and he's holding his guitar because he's a man and he's and he's really vibing out isn't he then you know you've got such a range of contrast there you rate your film higher because you want to freeze it you know you want to freeze it and you don't worry about the shadows being unexposed you're not looking for living shadows so there's a time and a place but don't do it all the time right so that's that uh, well uh, and i take it you both agree with me no um and uh, <laughs> but
0: i'm gonna I'm, go- I'm, go- I'm gonna give jenny the opportunity to disagree with you first but oh she might agree with you i don't know um and I've, got, I've got plenty to say on that but i'll, I'll let's 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 hear jenny first i think
1: um, well, let's see. I I I think I, I... <laughs> you don't, you don't <laughs> up have to until polite. recently, you... up until recently, I was a, a rule follower. I thought you had to do things a certain way. Um, but I think it's really important to play around with your film, play around like break the rules and just see how um, see what happens when you do. And in that way, you can then gain more control about you know Good what, what it is that you want.
2: I bet you've got more friends than me, haven't you?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's it's one of those things you, know, you you do what you want to do and if you don't want Just to don't do those, to those things don't do it um yeah. And it's it's it is this attitude though, isn't it? And I've, I've got to tell you off for of this now. It is this attitude that you 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 think that things should be done in a certain way.
3: No, I don't. But
0: I qualified do. my statement. No, 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 no. You've, you're, and you and, you're, and as you as you mentioned earlier, you're a really nice person. You don't want to cause any offence to anybody. All the all the, all of those things, um, which are true. Um, but it's still a matter of uh, putting your very strong opinion on how something should be done, and mm. telling those people that they know less than you um, yeah. how, how, how to do it. Um,
2: yeah. M from emulsive would be. I, I can see, I can hear him sharpening his pen. As, not that he probably listens to this show. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So I mean, the 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 point being is, yeah, it's it's not your cup of tea. Um, and,
2: oh, it can and, be oh, no, yeah, no, no. Uh, and I use all sorts of films, and I do play around as well. Of course, I do, yeah, but not for the sake of it. Um, you know, I, I, there's a time and a place, and also I think it helps to. So I'm saying things really to educate the masses. You know, the oh, uneducated. Dear. Oh you I'm, that I'm, 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 I'm further, I've started yeah. digging again, haven't I? Yeah, stop. Yeah. stop. because you. Uh, but as, as as Jenny says, you know, you learn through playing around. You do, um, but if you if you if you keep playing around and never learn. Then I think you're just missing out on so much, you know
1: yeah and also I mean you don't wanna um i mean a- after playing around you want you wanna have a reason why you're shooting a certain way, oh, I just yep. said shooting
0: <laughs> yes, okay, um, It's fine really <laughs> Nobody, nobody's listening <laughs> <laughs> so
3: uh
1: you know, you wanna you wanna be um making pictures exposing your film, however it is f- for a particular reason um not necessarily just for an effect you know um you play around to understand what the different effects are and then you know you use that knowledge to make the pictures that you want to make in the way that you want to make them
3: yeah
2: and and if you people in the who make darkroom prints aren't always looking to have you know shadows that are living shadows
1: I love you that know, you, description, you, by
2: the way. Yeah, you can living. make good. Yeah, it's lovely. It's yeah. not my, I didn't coin that phrase. It was John Blakemore, who um, just is a proper fine art. I'm not going to define what that means, but fine art photographer. He shot lots of pictures of dead tulips. He made, he became obsessed mm-hmm. with tulips.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, he, but he caught, I've, I went on his workshop and he used the term uh, living shadow. But not all pictures want the shadow. You might want to print it down and have mm-hmm. have deep blacks. Um, but isn't it great to have a negative? Now here, I think I'm on safe ground. Isn't it great to have a negative that is is flexible enough to either interpret the final print, or I guess you can do it in in uh, Lightroom or Photoshop. I don't know. I'm not skilled enough. It's- Where you can have a final print which is either uh, has your living blacks in it, or is, is 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 black as you know a lump of coal. Uh, but you won't do that with an with a with a negative which has no detail in the shadows and and I think you just need to understand that and mm-hmm. and learn from it and then you can once you've learned all this stuff you know I'm all for people soaking up knowledge and then being as creative as anything
1: mm-hmm. yeah I totally agree like having that negative
2: good. I'm glad you agree let's move
0: on then. <laughs> we could be friends <laughs> I, I could say more but I'm not going to so well,
2: yeah. good um I've got plenty to say and the last one is non-contentious because I just want some help from you guys I've got I've now got this um the, the sweats the camera sweats because I'm going to go uh, to the lake the English Lake District um Jenny in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. which by American standards you know is not all that grand really but it's you know it's it's our we're proud of it it's got some hills and mountains and Lakes.
0: Well, ta- and, ta- ta- uh, Taylor. Swift. Should I take
2: a large format camera when i when when i when, when you're with a family member?
0: Just a, just a mm. quick one there before you go, mm. on, and that's uh, about you know compared to Speed. America. Ta- Taylor Swift has written a song about the Lake District um, in, a, in her latest album about how nice it is. So so there you go.
2: Mm. All right, good. Well, I'm going in the middle of September, so all the kids will be back at school. So that's one that's one annoyance out of the way. And, so um, you'll
1: be with one other adult who's not a photographer.
2: Well, she carries my, um, she, she carries my <laughs> tripod. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Simon. Um, yeah, I can see his head. in This his hand. <laughs> is going to be a car crash this week. I'm sure.
1: Please continue. So this is what I suggest. Yeah. Um, bring a picnic so you can hang out in a spot. That's really beautiful. Mm. And then you can set up your camera and do your thing. Yeah. And, um, is this your wife who's with you? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And she and can... we're celeb-
2: Sorry, but we're celebrating our 30th wedding anniversary while we're uh, away. So- oh, no, we're not. That's uh, this weekend. Sorry, I've got it wrong. So uh, f- forget that. Rewind. We're not celebrating okay. our 30th.
1: I was going to yeah. say, if you are, then don't bring it.
2: <laughs> no. no, that's this weekend. We're away this weekend, and I'm not taking it then. I am taking another camera, but not large yeah. one. So, yeah, I yeah. think that's really good advice. Take a picnic and pretend that you've arranged this trip to these standing stones or to this you so said you love it here julie you know this is just look you take a poetry book you know who was who was who was a poet who wrote about the lake district take one of his books and it's nothing to do with me wanting to set up a large format camera
3: <laughs> yeah that's, okay, that's, that's
2: that's me t-set. done that's me done I've alienated enough people yeah, for several shows <laughs> Right, well, it's yeah. your fault. Anyway, I'd forgotten about that shoot rant. <laughs> not sh- not shoot rent. speed rant. Well then. Until you reminded me about it. You deliberately set me up, Forster. Well,
0: you, you, you did say a few days ago, oh, I should... Well, actually, that was in your original tweet. Um, if Simon will bit. let me talk about it, well, I'll just... I'll oh, just yeah. Yeah, care for what you wish Music. for. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway... Um, I'll I'll be as brief as I can uh, and uh, what have I been up to? I've been printing things and on the subject of printing things that means with a 3D printer and that's actually the noise that you can hear in the background um, which I'm sorry it's it's just going there and it's just going to drone away uh, possibly for the length of this podcast may stop a little bit before um, but I'm actually printing large format things so I think it is actually Mm -hmm. allowed um, because I've currently on the printer at the moment there are two seven by five or five by seven whichever way we say it these days um uh dark slides um, being printed for steve lloyd of chroma camera um, so uh, they're going to be going on to his um, that extension that we, we talked about this the last time didn't we in the um, with andre it was uh, steve lloyd was part of the panel of uh of experts uh that we ha- that we had and uh we had a little chat about his uh Carbon Adventure and how it can be how that it's like it's like a modular system and it allows it's although it's a four by five camera, it will allow five by seven backs on it and things like that. Yeah. So uh, That's amazing isn't it? It is. It is and uh mm-hmm. and they're the things that I print for them for him. And uh so yeah there's a few of those that are gonna be got to go off to some customers quite soon by the looks of it. So that's all good.
1: And you're printing a dark slide, is that what
0: you said? Yeah, uh, 3D 3D printer. Um, so the dark yeah. slide is actually uh, plastic, um, uh-huh. and Steve's design—it's pretty damn clever. Actually, it's very well. It, if you if you if you've never seen anything like it before, you're thinking, oh, "Well done, Steve. That was that was really good." But you know, Steve will freely freely admit that he's he's copied a design that's about 120 years old, uh, because the old. Um, well you, you'll be familiar with these actually uh, um, dark slides, uh, the wooden dark slides that you would get for, for plate cameras um, they would pull out part way and then they, they fold back on themselves mm-hmm. um, or some of them do at least anyway mm-hmm. and that's the principle of these um, so although they're, they're plastic they've got cutaways on them um, so they've got deliberate weak points and then he uses uh, a, tech, some, a a certain kind of vinyl that goes on one side of them um, so it, it gives the, the flexibility some strength and um, mm-hmm. and the, in the the other parts are of well, actually, he's building holders as well. But that's not the this. this is more about the back of the camera. Um, but these actually, are these, I'm not entirely sure what these are actually for. Actually, because um, I know he's doing the dark slides uh, for plates um, for the film for the plate holder. Yeah, this is you slide these, in there. Yeah, but I'm not entirely oh. sure that's what these are for. Um, I don't well, but the the,
2: back, the background to this, Jenny, is um, there was a Kickstarter which was launched. Oh, I don't know a year, eighteen months ago. Yeah, About a year ago. And it was a joint venture between Steve Lloyd, who runs Chroma Camera, and um, oh, I've forgotten his name. Jason Quick, Lane. help me out, Jason Lane, who makes the who makes the brilliant. J Lane dry plates, of which um, I didn't get time to tell you about that, which would have probably been better, safer ground for me than talk about the three S's. Uh, he made so they did this joint venture on Kickstarter to make the first commercially produced in a while. Anyway, um, dry dry plate holder. Um, so uh, and I'll he he's, it I saw something Steve was posted just today. I think some four by ten. Holders for something or
3: other. Mm. So,
2: Steve Steve Lloyd's brilliant because he's you know he's he's really investing in this large format community. There's that word again. And um, you know, if if you're not familiar with what he's up to, just um, go and have a look at Chroma cameras. Jenny.
1: Okay. Yeah. I've got lots of notes here.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, You don't. You don't have to run off and do that. So don't don't worry. No. Not now. I won't go anywhere now. (laughs) so uh so yeah so that's that's what's making a noise at the moment and the the other thing i've been up to which again is um 3d printer uh related is i've i've printed off a um kraken or kraken i should say actually kraken i mean the, the person who designed Isn't it, a it monster? yeah it is yeah but the person who designed it um graham younger the homemade camera podcast he once called it Not kraken yet. and that's stuck in my head now um, having uh-huh. heard him say it <laughs> um it's uh, the kraken 612 so it's a 6x12 uh 3d camera. it's a kraken cam- good
2: camera as well isn't it it, it
0: is a kraken there've been so many puns you know and uh, okay. I, mean, I thought i was being original then. no not 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 even close um, um, because uh, on the on one of the episodes of the homemade camera podcast uh, they were talking about durability of, uh, of these printed cameras and mm-hmm. uh, Graham was saying that oh I, I fell over and, it, and landed on it as I fell down into a pit or some, something on those lines and Ethan Moses um, previous guest on the show um, he just, just comes up did you crack it? did you crack in? did you crack in it? that's it I can't did say you put a crack in it? yeah no did you crack in it? that was what he said I was, I was trying to do an accent mm-hmm. and I was thinking what accent was I trying to pull there? it wasn't really I'd um, stay away from accents no, if I were yeah, d- yeah definitely um, mm-hmm. so but the, the connection with large format there is uh six by twelve is well it's certainly a long format for, for one twenty film. Um but to to get coverage um of that you really need to have a large format lens. And mm-hmm. this whole system is based around uh using large format lenses I think from about maybe fifty ish all the way up to about hundred and eighty. Um and the, mm-hmm. the camera stays the same and what you do you just build or print a different size cone for the lens to sit on and then you've got a, a what they call the focusing helicoid to get your focus distance right um all this can get very technical very quickly so mm-hmm. i'll, I'll bro- brush over that um and uh and i'm using my 75 mil uh grandagon or or grandagon as they say in scotland as we hear um and uh so that's 75 mil and that's uh, that's giving me a really wide wide field of view on a 6x12 uh camera with that two to one ratio which is actually what actually, really uh, how, so my
2: liked, question or... is I, I saw that um, Kraken and uh, thought it looked great what you'd, what you'd printed and um, how long did it take to print and if, you, if one doesn't have a, a printer um, are they available as a, as a sort of saleable item either from you or from other folks
0: um, oh we 're slightly jumping ahead of us ourselves there, but i don 't mind saying it um, that, uh, um uh, great well Graham will print one off you but he 's in america um, yeah. but if you 're in if you 're in europe and there's you, you know, things coming over from the states is is always going to be expensive with uh, of course yes. with um, import duties and uh, mm-hmm. and taxes and so on i 'm um, looking i'm look, i 'm I'm in discussion uh, with Graham at the moment uh, about actually producing these cameras over here. Uh, but it's a, it's a tricky thing to work out the price and things like that because it does take a long time uh, to yeah. to build these. And at the end of the day, I have, I, I have a a small three D printing business, and if I'm printing those, then I'm not printing other things to make money. So it's case yeah, of, it's, it's finding the balance.
2: Uh, it's an opportunity cost, really, that you've got to take into account, isn't it? Ex- so exactly, the, exactly. The so cost we, of what you could be doing in that time to make money while it's churning out a cracking. Yeah, a cracking camera.
0: Exactly, but I do want to do it because it's cracking.
2: Yeah, so. yeah. well, you just need to invest in get your three D printer to print more three D printers.
3: That's it. That's it. There go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a reading thing. a
2: science fiction book at the moment where it, it's blowing my mind. But they've actually these little replicants are colonising the universe and using the materials they find around planets to scavenge it, scavenge, scavenge, and build more of themselves, and also build more three D printers. And I suppose it's all possible in the future. Let's you
0: know. yeah, I mean, see so why not. So so that's me. Um so so Jenny. <laughs> what,
1: have, what, yes. what have you been up <laughs> to say? Hmm. Well, uh let's see. I've been um I've actually been kind of dealing with a lot of uh press related things. So been uh doing some interviews and stuff like that, all all stemming from um My skater book my girl's skater book and uh, the BBC article that came out which is how we found each other you found me Um, so I've been working on that I've also been uh, playing around with lumen prints which I had never played around with before but um, during the shelter-in-place time and my uh, local photography community there's been a lot of sharing of that kind of thing so I went to my, I live in Berkeley, California, across the the bay from San Francisco. My darkroom is in San Francisco. I went over there and um, brought a bunch of old photography paper back um, and started making some lumen prints, experimenting with that um, while I'm stuck at home doing other photography things. <laughs> That's me. That's what I've been doing.
0: Keeping busy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is where Andrew normally would start talking now because I know nothing about Lumen Prints, but I know Andrew does. Well, uh,
2: uh, are you talking about laying things on paper, or are you talking about using yes. a Lumen box type camera? Because people are no. making. You no. Know, you,
1: the other way, and I didn't know are... what on, they sorry. were either. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I I had no idea what they were, um, but people were making them, and. Mm. Um, making lumen print postcards and sending them. And I uh, signed up, uh, well, signed up. I asked one of the photographers who uh, lives in the area. Um, I sent her my address and she sent me one. And so I started Googling it, like, what the hell is this? And um, yeah, they're just, um, uh, I was just sticking leaves and flowers and things on paper and uh, putting a piece of glass on top. Uh, and I started with just some RC paper that I had at home. I had some Ilford RC, and I had some uh, Kodak color RC. Um, I had mm-hmm. taken a color printing class years ago, and um, just had a had the paper left over. So I first experimented with those two papers, and it was super fun. Um, and so easy. And I could do other things at the same time. It's not like I had to hang out with it outside. I just put it outside and then continued on my day indoors and would look at it, see how it goes, and then just stick it in the fixer and then wash it. That was it. It seemed so easy. <laughs> so
2: with the black and white paper, do you, do you get colors like you do with doing, you know, if you do, if you do a solar graph in a tin can? You get and you just put normal black and white paper in, but you get weird, weird colors.
1: Yeah, you do get weird colors. They're really beautiful. I mean, purples and oranges and stuff like that, but then you mm-hmm. stick it in the fixer and it changes. Um okay. so I need what does to it, what play does it change
2: around. to when you fit, put it in the fixer? What, what happens? It changes
1: to, it? to more of well, let's see, the unexposed part is white and a little orange, and then the exposed part is that is it's almost like the white of a tintype, which is not white. Mm. Um, it's kind of a, a grayish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the color paper um, was more blue. The, the exposed part was more blue and purple. And then when I fixed it, oh my gosh, where is it? Um, it just, it got a little more dull. Um, and I saw some people documenting their lumen prints before fixing them uh because the color changes were so dramatic um i haven't really done much of that yet because i'm too new to it i i was afraid that i was going to ruin the the uh print if i waited too much longer um before putting it in the fixer so
2: and are you um are you using a some kind of printing frame where you, with a hinge back so you can check the progress like you would do with you know
1: I've done a little bit of that. Um, i I started just by taking a piece of cardboard, putting some of the oregano that's growing in my yard, and then putting a piece of glass on top of it. And that was it. Like right. super simple, yep. you know. Um, and then I... How,
3: how, how
2: did, sorry to... But I'm being nosy now. How, how did you judge how long to... In those early experiments, how long to do it for expose Um, it for
1: i based it a little bit on just research some Mm -hmm. people were saying it took a few hours so because it was rc paper i i didn't really care too much about um about it you know it's not that expensive i've had it for so long um and so i just let it sit for a few hours i could kind of Mm -hmm. look I, I just looked I didn't peel back anything I just looked yeah. at it and took a chance yeah. um, then when I went to my dark room in the city and brought back this old old paper so I, sh- I should preface this by saying my I use a dark room in the city that my dad built um, before I was born and Fantastic. there's tons of his old paper there and some of it is fogged um, can't use it which I also read about with Lumen Prints, you can use fogged paper and you can make Mm -hmm. lumen prints and it's fine. So I thought, Oh, this is great. It's a, it's a box of 300 sheets of 11 Mm -hmm. by 14 Kodak fiber paper. It weighs about 30 pounds. Um, It's so heavy. And I was like, Oh, this is awesome. I can just play around. There's so much of this paper. And so, um, and, and there was other nice old paper, some Agfa and stuff like that. And I do have an eight by 10, um, uh, what do you call it? The printout um, frame. Yep. And so with that one, I did check it because the paper I was using is more valuable, and I didn't want to mess it up. I, d- I didn't want to risk um, throwing it away, you know. And then I just made a judgment. You know, I I peel it back, I'd look, put it back out again. I mean, it 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 can take a long time, hours and hours in the bright sun. Um, and then, depending what it is that you're printing, it sweats um and there's condensation in there, and that can have an effect on the lumen print as well, so
2: some people sprinkle a bit of water to I think accentuate mm-hmm. that effect mm-hmm.
1: sure, yeah have you top. heard
2: there's a, there's another interesting you've just got my mind going now I've got a book somewhere which documents all these different processes. I think it's called arthro type, but I might have slightly oh. got it wrong, and this is Yes. So you take something like beetroot, <laughs> or pretty much anything that's growing in the garden, and, and you mm-hmm. pulp it up, and that mm-hmm. becomes a photo set. I don't know how all this works. You can coat it onto watercolor paper, and then put your, you yes. know, your, fe- your feathers or whatever you want on it, and or mm-hmm. your or your or your plants, I suppose,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and yeah. um, that introduces another layer of sort of colours and stuff. So.
3: Um,
1: yeah, it's I'm amazing. really
2: struggling, but I think I think it's called Arthra But I'll write I, it down. I think and...
1: so. I, yeah, I recognise that that um, that word, that name, and I mm-hmm. I think just from the last six months, you know, because we're all yeah. stuck at home and, and um, stuff, everybody's experimenting with stuff. You know,
2: everyone's either making cyanotypes or lumen prints. <laughs> I think that, uh, <laughs> yes. I'm surprised it passed you by, Simon. Have you not seen it? On... <laughs> and they are beautiful, and I like the idea. I have a box of Ilford postcard paper. Which Uh I I periodically make prints and send them to people. Very often I go online and say, "Would you like me to send a postcard?" And sometimes I keep my fingers crossed because people around the world say, "You know," and I end up having about 50 to send out, and it gets expensive, doesn't it?
1: That is exactly um, what that what is happening here, especially because our post (laughs) postal service needs business, and so everybody's like, "Send postcards." And um, yeah, I actually just went to buy some postcard, Ilford postcard paper, um, uh-huh. the same that you're talking about. And, and my local photo store was sold out. So I had to pre order it because everyone is doing that right now. Uh, yeah.
2: yeah. It's great stuff. And there are little postcard exchanges running online. You can, if you're not mm-hmm. in one, you can start your own. And it's uh, they're lovely things mm-hmm. to do. And I um, I regularly make postcard prints and Mm-hmm. And post them to people, but I've never—I didn't occur to me to put some leaves or flowers mm-hmm. on them and make some lumen prints. I might try that if we ever see the sun again over here.
1: Yeah, well, maybe you just leave it out for a week, and yeah. eventually the UVs will.
2: Well, I've got a UV. Um, what's it? You know, for when I occasionally do salt printing, a UV uh, light source. So I could do that. Sure. Yeah. That'd work wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. yeah it's funny I had these um dried uh grass seeds in in a bowl for years that I was going to make tin types of and I ended up making lumen prints with them <laughs> instead years later and, people have
2: um, found so many ways um, during the lockdown period which you know really isn't over because we're seeing increases in all these infection rates all over the world aren't we so people have still got to be careful and. You know, and people get some people just go crazy when they can't interact in the way they'd normally do. So, something, some artistic outlet, as simple as laying flowers on a piece of card and, you know, mm-hmm. getting a basic photographic fixer, because that's all you need, I guess, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: it's so true. I mean, it, it's. Or, or it, don't uh, fix it.
2: Sorry, or I, don't fix it. Uh, and if you want to preserve those colors, just scan it and accept it's a ephemeral thing and it's going to fade away and that's part yes. of the art as well, isn't it
1: yeah i will try that next time i'll just do it with the rc paper
2: <laughs> well you can just send a blank card through the post it is in a really easy way okay <laughs> a blank card through the post and then you write on the back and say here's my lovely lumen print i didn't fix it because i love the colors and they get it at the other end and say well nothing else. Oh, i must have faded <laughs> in the post <laughs>
1: there you go that's an easy oh
2: way God. to do a lumen print
1: <laughs> pure photo geek humor right there
0: <laughs> well that that's that's probably a, a good good time to um to well it's it, it this would this would be a relatively short short introduction but let's uh let's let's introduce our, our guest as properly as we can so uh well welcome again to the podcast jenny thank you and uh and you've you've uh, already done my introduction for me already, um, and that is um, I was, as I usually do, I was uh, on the BBC.co.uk uh, website, um, which is like one of the first places I go in the morning uh, to find out what's been what's been going on in the world, and I was searching on there. Uh, I'm not sure if it was a front page thing or whether it was just uh, a side article down the side, but I my eye as anybody that listens to this podcast will be drawn to a to a large format photograph no matter where it is um, especially if it's in the place where it sort of like doesn't belong and I could mm-hmm. see a large format photograph and not only that it wasn't just any large form- format photograph it was a it was a wet plate collodion um shot that uh, uh, oh shot no 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 it wasn't <laughs> a shot it was an image. It was a beautifully made image, and um, and rated
2: and, at sixty four thousand ISO as well. Yeah, I bet, yeah, just because yes. you can, and, let's uh, put another layer of collodion on it and make it faster.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> Sorry, uh, so so it was a case of my eye was drawn, and I immediately uh, clicked clicked on the link, and I've got it back in front of me at the moment now. And and it was it's called Skate Girls: Gender, Joy, and Slow Photography and as as let's, let's face it everybody's wet plate collodion photographs draw your eye and because it's just such a it's such a different way of ta- taking photographs but looking at, at jenny's photographs they immediately jump out at you because the the, the subject matter is just not i mean is, is there a stereotypical um, wet plate image i don't i don't certainly in the modern world i don't think so but certainly when you when you look when i looked at jenny's images and you know, skater girls um and also like the the way that the the, the portraits are, are, are taken it was there's just apart from like the subject matter being different just the way that the photographs are look and the way that the people are posed uh, there's also something it, it's it's modern and old at the same time um, and i can't mm-hmm. i can 't quite put put my finger on uh, on what 's going on there um but you know digging into this a little bit more um Jenny uh, was born in cal- in california in um, in san francisco and as we've already heard now she 's moved over the over the bridge and uh, in berkeley and the other thing that that uh, caught my eye um this evening in fact is something that you're involved in and it's a collective and it's it's called the Rolls and Tubes Collective um, uh-huh. <laughs> which um is is pretty fascinating stuff as well. So there's there's loads for us to talk about. Um but first of all let's 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 do the uh the obligatory first question. Could you tell us a bit about yourself um for our, so that our listeners that, that don't know you already can uh, work out who you are, how you got here and and how on earth you ended up taking pictures of skater girls with wet collodion. <laughs>
1: Sure. Um, well, I was born and raised in San Francisco. Um, I'm a third-generation San Franciscan, fifth-generation Californian. Um, I've got photography in my blood. Um, my, uh, let's see, uh, first cousin twice removed. My grandmother's first cousin, um, Alma Lavinson, was part of the F64 group. Um, oh, I that name.
2: That's amazing. Yeah,
1: yes, um, and I... Uh, when I was in college, I think I was in college, my parents were realizing that I was really, really uh, taking seriously photography. And, and Alma was um, old and not well. And so I I did get a chance to meet her before she passed away. Um, um, I, I really wish I had known her earlier and just kind of known more about that. Um, but, you know. Uh, such as life. um i I her work is incredible. and um, anyway, so uh, yeah, i've I've been um, making pictures uh, for a very long time. I learned as a child to process film and make prints in grammar school. Um, and I always loved it. My dad always had a camera. We had slideshow, family slideshow nights. We had family movie nights, super eight. Um, and it was just a part of, it was always part of my life. My dad always had a camera. We would travel. We would camp. He always t- was taking pictures. And so um, uh, my brother, who's about three years older, got into photography in school. And I just wanted to be like him also. So um, it just was always something I was interested in doing. And I, um, although I took quite- courses in school I was a psychobiology major instead because I wasn't I didn't think I was allowed to be a quote-unquote artist um uh, and, what's a know, psycho
2: what's psychobiology Sorry, psychobiology
1: is uh it is the the biological side of psychology so it has a lot to do with the chemistry in the brain and oh, how wow. that affects okay. behavior yeah. um and uh it was it was just fascinating and interesting i was always i liked science i liked chemistry and all that stuff so it allowed me to do that all the while taking pictures and living in the dark room while i was in college Mm -hmm. and then after school uh i just continued shooting and uh bought a uh taking pictures um i (laughs) got my surf my first medium format camera Um, And so started making um, square pictures and just continued on, um, had jobs here and there, whatever, but um, always photography was in the background and I would. um, And then my dad also, um, I think right after college introduced me to the dark room that he built when, before I was born. And so it's a dark room I still use to this day. It's in the basement of a, uh, four unit apartment building in the city and it's a teeny tiny little dark room in there. I use his enlarger, all of his paper. I mean I've of course added to the paper stock, but um you know there were there were receipts from Adolf Gasser's um, which was the photography supply store I used as well. Um, his were from the 60s. <laughs> so it just um I just continued doing that alongside having regular jobs and stuff like that um i continued with black and white photography um until about 2007 i started thinking about um other ways of making pictures whether it was um i took a color printing class actually um i took a platinum palladium course i took uh, a copper plate class um i just was trying to kind of expand um, my photographic horizons. Uh, Digital was coming into play, but it was never something I was interested in. And then I took a wet plate clothing class. I I saw a tintype at uh, Rayco Photo Center, which is no longer with us in San Francisco. It was a fantastic photography center that had exhibition space and a digital lab, wet labs, um, color and black and white, and just a fantastic community of people and i would print there because my little dark room i can't print anything bigger than 11 by 14 so when i was printing 16 by 20 i was doing that at reiko i also learned how to make mural prints there by projecting uh onto the wall and um and i saw a contemporary tintype there and i had never seen one before i didn't even really know what they were. I had seen them in museums, but, um, I saw this contemporary one made in the studio with flash and it was just, it was so cool. I mean, it was, uh, holographic, tactile, just really beautiful. And, um, so I signed up and I immediately was hooked. Um, and I, um, you know, forgot about, Platinum, pladium, color, <laughs> all the other things, and I just started acquiring uh, equipment to make um, wet plate, and s- started um, buying all the chemistry to make the chemicals, uh, and just kind of got obsessed with it, and and stopped even taking pictures, like black and white pictures too. I just, I just. Um, got completely sidetracked into this wet plate thing. And that was in 2009, I think. Um, Eight or nine, eight, 2008. Um, And then in about at the end of 2009, I started building a portable darkroom because up until then I was stuck at home or using people's basements or whatever to make tintypes uh, elsewhere. Uh, and I, I realized the the need to be able to make them anywhere, so I built a portable darkroom, and um, the first place I went to test it out happened to be a skate park near my house in Berkeley um, am I going on too long? <laughs> no, I was going to ask you about
2: the portable darkroom, but I'll come back to it, I've made a note it's fine, carry on <laughs> um,
1: I uh, so I, I went to this dark, uh, this skate park near my house and I made a few portraits and I immediately was like, Okay, yeah, this is awesome. This is like way beyond anything I could have imagined it was gonna be. I I had years before I had been interested in photographing skateboarders, but I um I did not know how to approach them. I was not a skater and um they were intimidating and I just didn't I didn't know how I it was not in me to just walk up to a group of people and say, Hi, can I hang out with you and take your pictures? You know, <laughs> it just wasn't going to happen. Um, and uh, so when I built the dark room and went there, um, I made these portraits. And they were portraits unlike I ever had really made in the past. Uh, when I was shooting film, I, uh, I, I photographed very much on the fly. And I was focused very much on gesture and posture, not a traditional portrait. And so making tin types, as we all know, faces are just incredible. Eyes are incredible. Um, And freckles and all these different textures and details come out in a tin type. And so it makes a straight on portrait um, very appealing. And so uh, that's just kind of how I started making portraits of skaters. And it grew into just a uh,
2: did, tenure. Did, did you find, you know, cast your mind back to that sort of first when you, mm-hmm. when you finally went there with <laughs> your portable darkroom and your whichever size plate camera it was? W- w- was that, was that help? That was helpful, I would think, in terms of breaching the gap, was it? Because if you'd have gone there with a GoPro, I mean, they've probably all got GoPros stuck on the end of their. Mm-hmm. Um skateboards, haven't they? so you're you're turning up with something which is immediately a conversation starter. What sort of reaction did you get when you first showed up?
1: Um pretty positive. I mean that that's that is a a big component as to like how I was even able to approach the skate park and the skaters is that i there's so much going on when you're making a tin type. you've got your dark room, you've got your chemistry, you've got your camera. Um, it takes, you've got to set everything up. You've got your your little chemistry lab right there on the sidewalk. So it, it does attract attention. But it also, all of that distracted me from my own shyness. Um, and I convinced myself that I was just there to test out my equipment. And I was just going to walk up to someone and ask if I could make their portrait. And that was it. Like, it was as simple as that. But um, it's still hard. It was still hard. Um, it's a lot easier now, and and it taught me. Um, oh my god! It taught me so many things. It 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 has like this whole process has enriched my life in ways that I couldn't have imagined too, because it, f- it forces me to engage with strangers, talk to strangers. Um often they see my camera that's usually what is what attracts people to what I'm doing. They see my camera because at a skate park you're not going to see a big uh view camera i mean i was initially I was shooting four by five and now i i with all the girl work and everything moving forward, I'm using an eight by ten and you know those those cameras attract attention um they they just do no matter where you are and um with skaters. You know, most of them really only know digital or phones, you know, they're, uh, not used to seeing, uh, analog photography and nobody's used to seeing wet plate out at a skate park. You know, you can watch the, you can watch your, your, your face appear, um, and it blows everybody away.
2: Are Um, you inviting your subject into your little crack den? Because I'm, a, I'm assuming you're wearing your Breaking Bad mask, are you, at this time? When you're in...
1: Actually, I don't wear a mask. Do you not? Um, yeah. I don't wear a mask. So when I was, when I was making four by five tintypes, my darkroom was a little box. It was, it's about three feet wide, um, one foot deep, and about a foot and a half, two feet high. I prop the lid open. I have a black. Um, piece of fabric that i tape to the box and i just nestle under um so and i'm kneeling on the ground so um i'm just tucked in there and then when it comes time to fix i i come out of there and i fix everything out in the open so um and now for the eight by ten work i have my dark room is i can stand in there it's a four by four foot by four foot by eight foot tent um and i don't i don't bring people in there it's pretty tight um uh but i do also i still fix outdoors i i i develop the plate i wash it and then i come outside and i fix it outside in the daylight so the person who i photographed or anyone who's around can watch watch the fixing the clearing of the plate which is truly like the magical part of yeah the that's process. where things
2: reveal i know i mean i've only dabbled around with dry plates but and i'm mm-hmm. doing that under a red under a red <laughs> light but I, I could probably turn the light on i guess um but i haven't i haven't done so um but you can see that clearing
1: process can't you it's it's interesting oh god it's just incredible i mean it, it really is what what hooked me i when I took the class at Reiko Photo Center, I remember standing in the dark room, we were in a group dark room, and watching that plate clear, and I literally was jumping up and down. I was jumping up and down. Nobody else was. I was like, what is your problem? I. It just blew me away. It was so beautiful, and it it uncovered this secret thing that happens in the developing tank that we don't get to see yeah. when we're processing film. And, um, yeah, just, I loved it. <laughs> the magic.
2: So, so your, your dark room, portable dark room, I was imagining something in a trailer or a, mm-hmm. like a, you know, a camper van or something, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but is this something that you're having to erect at, on location?
1: Yes. So um, especially because of my subject matter, um, skate parks are not always except like right yeah, by true. your... Yeah, true. Yeah, you, can't, you couldn't
2: drive a great big, you know, trucking. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, um, yeah, that's just kind of how it went. I, I bought a little wagon. My It takes a few trips to get all my stuff to wherever it is I'm setting up. Um it would be a whole lot easier to work out of my car or a trailer, but then I can't get to where I need to be. And sure. yeah. and also with, with photographing skateboarders, um the experience is not it's not immediate. It's not I can go there and hang out for six hours and nothing will happen. Either no one's there or it's hard to garner attention. Um skaters are there to skate. Um I always hope that they'll see my camera um, and come How up can to me. They and- <laughs> it, it, they're really, like, they're pretty focused on what yeah. it is they're doing. I mean, sometimes they're just hanging out, shooting the shit and whatever, you know. Um, but they'll look at me, but they won't come and talk to me. They're shy, too. Like, that's the whole thing. It's like, <laughs> it's it's not an easy thing, necessarily, to just walk up to someone and be like, hey. Can I take your picture? Like um, well,
2: they—they found their little subcultures, and we found our little subcultures, and it's a lot easier to interact within your own little world, isn't it, than having mm-hmm. to break out of that subculture.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, it—it it has become easier. I—I I have had to get over these hurdles of just being shy and not being able to walk up to somebody and say that. But in fact, that works really well. You can walk up to a group of people and say hi. <laughs> yeah. and, and and also, like, as I made more and more tintypes, I could show them what I was doing. And yeah. generally, anyone who saw one would say, yeah, let's do it. Oh, I have a friend over there. Let me get them. You know, so sometimes it would. Um... So, so I, when, I
3: was going to say, Sorry, when, when, you,
1: when you
0: first um, went there, um mm-hmm. w- was it your intention to actually um take make uh photos of of the girls that are there the women that are there skating or was it a case of that's a location i want to go to and and this is just something that that happened uh, because i mean i I've, just going back to the the BBC uh, report it, it, mm-hmm. it uh, suggested that you, know, you were f- amazed by how many women there actually were there so was was that a deliberate thing or was that just a, a co- coincidental?
1: It was coincidental so um, I started photographing skateboarders in 2010 um, and I would just go to any skate park. Uh, I didn't really want to go to super super popular big ones. Um, people would say oh you should go to Venice in, in LA and I really just wanted to go to um neighborhood skate parks you know and and just photograph anyone who was skating there guys or girls it didn't matter to me um so the first book skaters is is anyone it's not guy skaters it's just skaters but and there may be five five or six um uh female skaters in that book um and as i mentioned in that in the bbc article um when I was finishing up uh, deadlines for that book, I was at a skate park in Emeryville, which is near Berkeley. uh, And there just happened to be this, this group of girls there. And I was super psyched because um, I was always really happy to see, see women skating, girls, women, um, because it just, they weren't as common. I did not come upon as many of them. Um, And and skaters are badass. And so to see a girl skater, it just, you know, I, I know it is an intimidating environment um, anyway. And um, it can be tough or it actually used to be more tough, I think, in the 90s. Uh, the skater landscape has changed a lot over the years. But I just, you know, I think I they just were super cool, you know, to me. And so anyway, I saw this group of girls and... I, it it happened to be a day that was actually really, really challenging for me. I set up, it was, I think the second time I had set up at that skate park. I had had a really good experience the first time. And so uh, my confidence level was pretty good when I set up. But then when I was there, like nothing was happening. Nobody would pay any attention to me. I couldn't get anybody's eye contact. It was just challenging. And I started going down this spiral. And then I saw this group of girls and they weren't paying attention to me either. I always think, Oh, I'm a girl, they're girls, we're gonna notice each other, it's gonna be perfect, you know, but it just isn't that way necessarily. And so I I was about to actually pack everything up and go home. I just was it was one of those moments that was not very pretty inside my head. And I finally was like, All right, Jenny, like this is your job. If you don't do this what the hell are you doing? You know? So I, I got my book cause I had a book dummy at the time. I marched across the skate park. I had to walk through it. I went to where the, um, where the um, pool was. And I just, they were all looking down into the pool watching skaters. And I just walked up to them and it's like, hi, <laughs> with a big smile. Cause I'm a smiley person and they turn around huge smiles. They were just amazing. I, talk to them for a minute and they all followed me back to my my dark room, my camera, I made photographs of all of them tin types. Um I mean one of them um, uh, her name's Eulalia, I remember she said she hates having her picture taken. She just gets really insecure and self-conscious and I made her I made it so easy for her, which made me feel so good because I want, I mean, I want everyone to feel comfortable. They have to be themselves and comfortable in order to sit in front of a camera for five minutes. You know, it's that's not how long it takes to take the picture, but to set it up and um, all that, you know, it, it's, it can be a little disconcerting to sit in front of a giant camera for a long time. So that, that was very encouraging. But they also um, told me about this organization called Skate Like a Girl that I had never heard of. And um, skate like a girl was having some uh, event in Santa Rosa in the coming month, and so I looked them up, uh, and I ended up going to that event, and it was all about girl skaters. They were showing a uh, a movie, a film called I think it was called Quit Your Day Job, um, starring a bunch of girl skaters, pro girl skaters, and. Um, I mean, it was all of that was just a huge turning point for me because I, um, yeah, I just didn't know that they were around. That was, um, I, was, I was
0: going to say, because it, it sounds as if like a light bulb went on. And mm-hmm. this is, I mean, was it, was it oh, as, as clear as that is this, this, this is it. This yeah. is, this is what I need to do next. Did that yes. just happen to you?
1: It was immediate. It was immediate when I was photographing those girls and they told me about the organization. I was like, ah, because I knew if I just continued doing what I was doing, it's so, like, so few and far between I would come upon girls. And it is, you know, it's hours and hours spent at skate parks. And um, uh, and so when I, when I found out about this and they could be accessible to me in... In a in a more concentrated way. I I mean I immediately was like, all right. As soon as I get this book done, I am only going to shoot girls. Oh, there I said it. (laughs) I'm only going to going to only make portraits of the girls. Um, Because uh, yeah, I mean I at that point I knew more about skateboarding than a lot of my non skateboard community world family new and and I didn't know about them so and I had even like looked looked them up to try to find out more about them and I don't know if I was entering in the wrong google searches or what but it was there it was just hard to um, find what I was hoping to find you know um Thrasher focuses so much on the guys they they in the history of Thrasher I think they've had girls on three covers What's Thrasher, all and well, Thrasher is. is a skateboarding magazine oh, okay. uh, probably one of the most famous ones and the one that is still still uh, alive and strong I know I know a lot about skateboarding as a non- skater I know a lot about skateboarding now
2: <laughs> is that, but, uh, a, that, that that's so that's a, that's very much focuses on the sort of male dominated world of skateboarding yeah. which is what a lot of us think about to be honest is not it really?
1: exactly yeah um but they are focusing more on on um female skaters but it's still um you know it's still really male dominated um
0: so is so. there is there a, is there a, a, a difference in uh, in i mean there's obviously differences there but the 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 world of female skating and and male skating i mean it's probably easier for us I mean've got to be said you know the, the majority of people who listen to this podcast are male um, mm-hmm. but you know and so therefore we can potentially um identify with what the the, the male skater world might be like um, mm-hmm. how How does the female skater world differ from the male
1: mm-hmm. um that's a good question um i the girl skater world is um it is a really open supportive positive world um it is all of the organizations that i am i've gotten to know pretty well um they are very much interested in making sure that skateboarding's skateboarding is accessible to everyone um to marginalized groups um, of all sorts, to everyone, um, and um, I, I've never been around such a positive community in my life. I don't think. And and they are there's a lot of really um, uh, empowered, strong young women in their twenties who are heading stuff up, and it's like, man, I mean. I was not there in my twenties um, at all. If I had had this kind of a community, I don't know. Who who knows? Like it just um, it's it's super inspiring. So, um, uh, I mean, skaters are skaters, whether you're a guy or a girl. Like ultimately, they're having fun. They're taking um, they're they're um they're taking chances. They're getting hurt. They're falling. Um, and they're having loads of fun and they're traveling all over the place they've got their little posses their skate teams and stuff like that um, there's a lot of similarities between the guys and the girls um, it's just that um, uh, the girls haven't had had a voice really um, as, as much as the guys um, and I mean that voice is definitely getting louder and there has been more attention paid to them over the last even just the last like three years it's kind of interesting to see how much the girl skater world has changed just in the time that I started focusing on them um, it's there's been a huge shift I don't know if that answered your question
2: <laughs> you didn't actually mention the word testosterone because young 20 <laughs> young year old testosterone driven mm-hmm. males you know mm-hmm. there's going to be a difference isn't there I would have thought or is that too simplistic
1: um well i mean I, I don't know i i still feel like um in in a sense it's very similar because i mean historically girls have like the the historical skateboarding thing is it's tough um it's a guy thing you're going to get hurt it's not safe um historically especially from the 90s like you know, kind of. Am I allowed to swear? <laughs> <So I'm laughs> it depends, it
0: depends on how bad you are, really. But uh, I might. They could be
1: total assholes oh, um, okay. and scary <laughs> and not nice. Um, but you know what? Girls could be like that too. <laughs> but also, skateboarding as a whole is not like that as much anymore. I mean, it's it it, it has become um, a very accepting and um, supportive community in a way it always has been it's just it has been intimidating for for guys and for girls um, to to enter Um, so um, but yeah I mean the stuff I see the girls do um, maybe they're not going as high as the guys um, but they are still shredding and getting hurt and doing things that personally I never I would be so afraid to do. They're fearless. They're all fearless. You know, skaters are fearless. Period. You know, guy or girl, testosterone or or not. <laughs> the,
2: the, the images that people can see just on this uh, BBC, you know, BBC um, post, mm-hmm. um, which is just a small selection. You know, the body of work. I've just all the time you've been talking, I've been staring at just at the headline ones, which is just under the top. It's the. Uh, <laughs> Jasmine and Amelia mm-hmm. and they're just such powerful you know, the, the, their inner strength and their you know, their their characters just shine through and I think Simon was alluding to this right at the beginning, it was like this it is like a blending, they're almost like wet plate collodion you know, modern photographs aren't they you know, you, you, we're mm-hmm. used to seeing people having to stare into the camera with a mm-hmm. clamp behind their neck for mm-hmm. you know, a minute or two Um these are you know are, are you giving them any direction at all i mean what sort of what what led that picture of i presume it's jasmine on the left the one who's seated yes you know i mean it's such a dignified powerful photograph i mean
1: oh my god uh, yeah
2: oh i mean you must be you must be she must be she must love it for a start and you must be so To produce something like that is just incredible. Yeah, I mean, what sort of direction would you give these girls when you when you to make a picture like that? So, ladies,
1: I mentioned this earlier. What's like the most important thing for me is that my subject is comfortable physically and emotionally, because otherwise, it just simply it won't work. Um, You have to you have to be still. Um, for a long period of time, I don't use a, I don't use the neck uh, clamps or whatever. This is, um, I actually did just get one um, earlier this year, but it's really heavy and one more thing to carry around with me is <laughs> just can't. Not looking forward to that. But um, so so um, I talk to them. I let them know what I'm doing. I ask them if they have ideas of how they want to stand or sit that they can do anything they want as long as they can be still. Some people um, have ideas and they want to do, you know, a certain thing. And, and other times they'll say, can you, or I'll offer, I'll say, I can tell you what to do or if you have an idea, you know, we can come, we can work on it together. So they are very collaborative um, and, um I just I just talk them through the whole way. I tell them, you know, to keep breathing. I tell them to keep blinking. Um and uh because the exposures are about well, they're the shortest exposure is maybe a second or two. Usually they're around three or four. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just talk to them throughout the whole process. Um, I'll say keep keep blinking, keep blinking, you know, (laughs) um, because you can blink a million times and it doesn't show up. I am just from experience, I know this. Um, the one on the left, Jasmine. Um, that one truly blew me away um, mm. because that that particular one. She had just finished competing; she was exhausted. Um, I was using a reflector. She was really sensitive to the light. I also tell my subjects to close their eyes until the last second because. I think that that just helps relax people. Some people are totally comfortable in front of the camera. It doesn't matter. Like they don't need any help at all. Some people just don't like, you can tell that they're a little uncomfortable. So, and also um, I don't want them to get that weird uh, starey eye thing. So I just tell them to close their <laughs> eyes until we're ready. Cause it takes me a long time to get ready. Um, we set up the shot while the plate is sensitizing in the darkroom. In the silver and then um and then i'll go load the plate i'll tell them they can relax i'll go load the plate and come back and then i have to do a final focus so there's a long waiting time for them and if i have them just sit there breathing with their eyes closed they don't have to focus on the camera or how they look or whatever they can just kind of um uh, get comfortable in their body yeah uh, in their mind So with Jasmine, um, I had a reflector going, she was very sensitive to the light um, and um, I just told her to keep her eyes closed until the very last second so as I'm opening the dark side I said okay open your eyes and she could barely open her eyes it was very strange and I was like oh no I don't know what's going to happen you know? <laughs> but, well, you know but you know but you got to just go for it and then I processed the plate and I was like whoa mm-hmm. I, mean, um, I just was thinking like Nefertiti you know um,
3: Yeah, yep.
1: it just blew me away I couldn't believe it um, and that's that's one of the things I love about wet plate is you really do not know what you're going to get, at least for me. I mean, if you're shooting in studio with the same lights um, and you're, you can actually use a shutter. um, You can have an idea of what things are going to look like. Although everybody looks a little different. I mean, that's the other beauty of, of wet plate, but outdoors at skate parks, wherever I am, um with different people hanging around with different types of people uh subjects um you just never really know how um the plate's gonna come out um and i am always like i something always surprises me or shocks me i mean still and um yeah jasmine was one of those i just i couldn't believe it um I just lucked out <laughs> and then Amelia I just love this one of Amelia um, just the shadow you know her arm the shadow against the wall the texture her her expression I mean god there's just so much like pride and power and just um, determination in there I just love it yeah. Yeah. No, um.
2: I think they're the two uh, this, I mean they're all brilliant but these two and there's a reason I suspect the editors put them at the top is because mm-hmm. the both of them in their sort of different ways are both such powerful images and and as I stare into the eyes of Amelia yeah I mean she's kind of its going eating into your soul almost isn't it with mm-hmm. saying well this is who I am
1: and she's young she's like Fourteen or fifteen. Is she really? You know?
3: Wow. Yeah, it's
1: like, oh my God, these these girls just blow me away, you know. And another observation
0: of your 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 shots, you you don't um hide away from the fact that um they reversed. Um so mm-hmm. there, there are lots of images where there's uh I mean mm. it's a case of if somebody's wearing a t shirt and it's got writing on it, then that's just how it is. But there is there are some shots that are posed such as Candice um, she's sitting on the sign, and obviously mm-hmm. the, the words are back to front there. And mm-hmm. and it's it, it's interesting you've 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 um, chosen to do that. You've not looked at that and thought, oh no, we can't do that. It's backwards. So is that mm-hmm. a constant? Is that a a decision that you 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 make to show? You know, it gives you that juxtaposition, I suppose.
1: Well, this is what the tintype looks like, period. If I were to flip it, then I would be manipulating ma- manipulating it digitally. Um, this is it if I had made an ambrotype which is the same thing but on a piece of glass and if it were a clear glass then you have a glass negative and you could make a print and in that way it would be reversed so basically what you're looking at when you look at a tintype is the emulsion side of the film so this this is what the tintype looks like and so this is how I choose to show them
2: they're each in, in a way one off, aren't they? Unless you scan it, I suppose, and the book. But it's mm-hmm. it's like the old daguerreotype. I'd, in mm-hmm. fact, I don't really know what the difference is. Do you know Do you know what the difference is? I, daguerreotypes and tin types Is it much the same sort of thing?
1: Um, well, daguerreotypes are. Uh, my understanding is they were not portable, um, and they were ex- they're extremely toxic because you're using um, mercury gas. Uh, and um you you're taking a <laughs> copper plate and coating it with silver and um it's a much more intricate dangerous um expensive process but it is it is also this it it is on a plate they are unique they're yeah. one of a kind and they're sw- they're flipped um but wet plate collodion um when it came to the scene in uh 1851 it Um, for the first time, photography was portable and affordable. And so um, there were itinerant photographers, you know, on their horse and buggy with their dark rooms, traveling around making, making pictures of people, um, which, which couldn't really be done with daguerreotypes. You had to go to a studio and, and stuff like that. So.
0: Um, Andrew, um, Mm. there's a, uh, a show I was involved in with Joseph Brunges, um, Called the large format photography podcast, and he went through all of this with us.
2: Yeah, I know, but I can't remember. <laughs> and also, it was a while well, ago.
3: Yeah,
2: stuff doesn't always sink in, no. probably unless I do it. Sure. I don't always unless I actually do it. I don't always remember stuff, you know. And my head's yeah. only so my head's only so big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had to say that because Joseph had been listening, I and mean, I think he, I know. The, the, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. yeah, I think no, I think I think more than one person have explained it to us, but. My um before you debunked me there, or, someone might just be listening to this show and not Thank listen you. to anyone else. You know, so w- why wouldn't you just repeat stuff like this? The fact that yeah. I actually can't remember it, and if you tell me enough times, it might eventually sink in. It's, but well, I think also, if
1: I, when sometimes I do if it, you, you know sorry. it, you understand it, and you hear somebody else talk about it, you can kind of follow along differently. And and sometimes mm-hmm. you just pick up on little details that may have been overlooked
2: yeah once Once we've had about a thousand wet plate collodion guests on i'll probably get it but really what we need to do simon is is go to visit our friend dave shrimpton and he can show us can't he and then i'll then i'll remember
0: and that's exactly what's going to be happening sometime in september as well isn't it
2: yeah so we yes we are going to have a go at this ourselves jenny and uh, and uh,
1: bring your skateboards <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: no, no. Do you still have them?
2: No.
0: Uh, well, no. I, well, I do. Um, but, well, it's it's at my dad's house because he he tends to use it for or uh, well, whenever he's moving things
2: around the house.
0: <laughs> I can put them on the skateboard and. Steer I just got to imagine of
2: your father. That's how he, is. That how he broke his leg a couple of years ago and just on your skateboard in the land.
0: <laughs> oh, they're great great for moving furniture. Skateboards are absolutely excellent. Um, but that was not my 1977 skateboard, which is a California Free Spirit. I can still remember that, ah, yeah.
1: Um, nice.
0: I don't think it was made <laughs> anywhere near California, uh, but that's what it said <laughs> on it because that was where all the cool kids were.
1: Sure, yeah.
2: So, so Jenny, S- Simon, a little while ago, right, I think either on air or off air, I've, I've actually forgotten now what was on and what was off. It all blends into one. Mentioned um, something else you are involved in, the Rolls and Tubes Collective now. <laughs> simon's clearly done his research he knows what this is but i've got no idea so uh, <laughs> what's all um, that about
1: yeah so the rolls and tubes collective uh began in late march um this is a group of uh women uh there are four of us we um it's colleen mullins nicole white christy mcdonald and i and we had our a little um We called it our girl crit group, a little, you know, photo critique group. And we had just started meeting about once a month to share work. And um, we were about to meet for our March meeting and shelter in place started. So we couldn't. So we're like, okay, well, let's do one of these Zoom things. Um, Zoom was brand new, of course, at least to most people. And about two hours before our meeting, Colleen said okay here's here's something um recreate a famous or historical photograph um using toilet paper because in the beginning of the shelter in place (laughs) um i don't know if you guys heard but there was a run on toilet paper here and people were freaking out about And here
2: here too around the world around the world okay
1: yeah. Yes. So people were really freaking out buying up all the toilet paper. There is no toilet paper anywhere. And it was just like a fun little thing to do. So um so in 2 hours um we kind of scrambled on our own and then we we got together and we shared um what we did and mine was the um Dion Arbus twins. Um I if you go to the Instagram um rolls and tubes, you'll see it. Um and uh I actually can't remember what, oh God, Nicole and Colleen did such incredible work. Um, Christy was not there for the first couple. Um, in any event, we were like, let's keep, let's keep going. And so we did it for the next day. And then Colleen said, Okay, I'm gonna start an Instagram page. And we started posting every single day, each one of us would recreate some <laughs> contemporary or historical photograph utilizing toilet paper in some way or another and um it um was a great distraction because you know in the beginning of this pandemic everybody you know like oh my god what are we going to do right like this is crazy what's going to happen how long is it going to last um and It was a a great distraction too. Um, We all kind of dove into our respective um, uh, photo book collections, just scouring, looking to see what we could recreate. We all had different um, ways of of working. Um, I mean, uh, some of us shoot film, some digital, um, some wet plate. Um, And so we were all uh, coming at it from our own personal experiences and, and methods, and I, I ended up doing mainly. Um, I would build little um, dioramas or whatever using toilet paper. Um, other members would, um, you know, create something, but then work it in Photoshop or whatever. Like we just had different ways of making the work, and it just continued. Um, eventually, we were like, okay, I can only do. I can't do this every day. I I literally can't do anything else besides this, and I have stuff I have to do. (laughs) I was at the time I was actually editing for my girl skater book, and I had my dining room table was full of um, little little prints of skater girls and toilet paper everywhere. I mean, it was just it was kind of funny. And um, anyway, that's kind of what 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 it is. And yeah, if you go to rolls and tubes on. Uh, Instagram, you'll see all of our work and how we would post it is we would post our, um, our creations. Um, we would create or make up titles based on the original works title. And then we would also post the original work. Um, and it kind of became like an education in the history of photography too, because we all were finding different, photographers different images to um that were inspiring us um and i've have got have gotta say
0: th- please go and uh, visit this 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 feed uh, for rolls and shoots there's some fantastic stuff on there and yeah clearly th- there are there are definitely not enough people um looking at this but i mean four hundred and ninety three followers i just followed it and yeah. um, and it, it there's there's so much <laughs> surreal work. There's, there's real mm-hmm. high art in there. Well, what and it... comedy. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah.
2: But, Simon, <laughs> what, what it is, it, I, I was just going through them and, and I, I could recognize, or well, three of them. I thought, yeah, I know who that is. Obviously, Elliot Erwitt with a dog. Uh-huh. And then, um, that was, the
3: toi-
2: <laughs> was that yours? The toilet oh, well, roll. But it's,
3: it's,
2: <laughs> it's great fun to go through it and just see how many you can guess. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. not guess, but recognize mm-hmm. um, the one with the toilet rolls in the um, uh, in the basket, which was originally eggs, I think. And I can't remember that was someone like maybe it'd been Edward Weston or someone. I don't know. I can't honestly remember.
3: That was one that,
2: <laughs> was that yours as well?
1: Yes. Who was the
2: right, so, But then you can click on them, <laughs> can't you, and see who they were inspired by? So this is yes. a wonderful site for um, broadening your photographic horizons because you can you can click mm-hmm. on. William Eggleston, one that's of the girl on the grass. I knew that straight away. Which is a, you know, the William Eggleston picture of the original is fantastic. But people would see that image of the girl in the in the yeah. floral dress with the red hair. I love like uh, You can go and look up. You can go and look at the original, and you can you can just um, expand your photographic repertoire because
1: yes, if, it, if you if you're
2: not go and buy a photo book, you know, or whatever, you know, or just look at it online. But what a fantastic way to stimulate uh, and there's so many here that i don't it's not ringing a bell with and i can't oh man ray there we go
1: i it, it has really been <laughs> so incredible because oh, um oh. we each have different books we each have different minds you know everything and i have oh, learned oh. about photographers i didn't ever know about you Absolutely,
2: know yeah was um, Imogen coming see that, what do I know? That's Imogen Cunningham, the one with the eggs, isn't it?
3: Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. And that one oh my God, that was. I I still have that basket. It was just chicken wire. Or I I had it in my backyard for something, and I started building it, and I was, for four days, I was like sitting at my dining room table with wire cutters, clipping, like changing because it, it, and I learned how to. <laughs> To kind of weave a white basket.
2: <laughs> and you, can, you can you can take yourself down so many rabbit holes with this because if you're not so different <laughs> yes. genres of photography. So you've got you can jump into new topographics by looking at the water mm-hmm. tower um, mm-hmm. pictures, can't you? You know the Hilda and whatever, Hilla, Hilla and Hiller and
3: mm-hmm. Becker, who photographed
2: show. all those things head on, and and that takes you down another world at all of um, you know deadpan pictures of know american suburbia expanding into the desert and and, yes. and gas stations and goodness good so there, there's a there's a there's a route to follow sparked by that wonderful picture that who did that one of the toilet of the um new do we know oh, who, the, how do you know who posted it the one with the the, the, new top, the water tower oh. one
1: oh the water that's nicole um that's nicole, so the the way you can tell who did them is uh by the uh, right after the Rolls and Tubes, there is a initials in parentheses. Oh, okay. And so um, right. that is Nicole White. She's oh, incredible. there
2: we go. Yeah, i got it now. Yeah, NW, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> um,
2: I don't know yeah. what she's done there, but that's incredible that, that she's done some clever witchcraft there to get the toilet rolls placed in the landscape to look like water towers.
1: She's a, she's incredible. She's so good. <laughs> I mean every time um, wow. someone would post it's like, "Oh my god, I have to up my game." Like, "Oh my god, what did they just do?" <laughs> like, oh, "I'm not I'm not working hard enough." And then like you post something and they'll say the same thing about you. <laughs> just as like it, it was great cuz the thing is, you know, it was a frightening time. Um, we just did not know what was going on. And here we are doing this laughing. You know, it was a way to laugh about, you know, laugh during a, a an unknown scary time. Um, and also learn, <laughs> educate ourselves, you know.
2: It is a great way to discover new photographers, an easy way to discover new photographers. Because...
1: Yeah. And, you know, we oh. I I went through every photo book I have, and because I was building most of mine, you know, there are only so many things I can recreate. And so then you go online, you know, and it's like, all right. Um, uh, okay. Female photographers, you know, something like that, you know, <laughs> um, and uh, just pull them up and just start looking through, looking through. Can I recreate? Can I recreate? How do I do it? How do I build it? You know, how can I make it?
2: Well, I'm with you, Simon. It's, um, it's probably the most, it, it, original and inspiring Instagram account I followed yeah. and oh. uh, the trouble is it's going to lead me down, I'm a great photo, I love photo books and it doesn't, oh. in fact this podcast, I've had, over the weeks, weeks and months and a couple of years we've been doing it, I've actually then gone and bought books or actually sometimes I've ordered them as we've been speaking to the guest you know? uh-huh. uh, yes. and I just, and I just <laughs> love them and this is, um, you know, either, either new ones direct from the artist or you know, on the second hand market, but, uh, this, this, I can see see this leading me down another hole. Um, there's
1: one, it's, it's of course mine. Um, but it's, it's, if you scroll down, it's, I Mm -hmm. don't know, it's in the first, I guess 15, but it's, it's actually a tin type. Um,
2: Oh yeah. (laughs) The toy, the two toilet rolls on the Keith. Is that the
1: Keith? It is it's, bull, bulls, so. it's Anthony it's after Anthony Berger's uh, portrait of Lincoln tin type portrait of Lincoln and I um, I was I was uh, leading a, I was like I have to make a tin type of something and I'm trying to figure out what it is so I built I built this um, bust of a toilet paper Lincoln and then I made a tin type of it. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I was quite proud of that one. <laughs>
0: and, and a, an amazing uh, collection of work there. Um, <laughs> and uh, because we, we, we're we're we we're starting to uh, to to wind things down, but yep. there was um, we were we were chatting earlier, and you you mentioned a friend of yours with that, that does something very very interesting with making lenses.
1: Yes, uh, my friend Eric Mabby, Um It's Eric with a K. <clears throat> he makes uh dollar bill lenses. Um I thought it might be up your alley. Um Oh yes. His uh his website is ericmathy.com um m a t h y and uh yeah, he builds his uh lenses. He's also an avid cyclist and he has gone on cycling trips with his dollar bill lenses and he is really um a sweet guy um super chatty super interesting super positive and actually um i think there is a documentary on him that is going to be shown at the independent film festival in san francisco i'm trying to find where it is um but in any event um if you do go to his website there is under current projects there's a page on one dollar at a time i think that one discusses his um Dollar bill lenses.
2: Is he um, attaching those to cameras he's made himself, or large um, format cameras, or medium format cameras?
1: Or uh, medium and large. Um, uh-huh. He uses a um, piece of cardboard as the lens board. Um, he has, during this time, actually built a camera also. Um, but he is definitely he just like creates stuff. And actually, I I took a little workshop with him and built a lens as well. I. Keep forgetting to make a tintype with it, but um, yeah. I have made a tintype with one of his lenses before. I'm, I'm
0: just just I'm not actually on his, his, his page, but I, I I googled him and uh, mm-hmm. there's a, I think there's a uh, East Bay Photo Collective, um, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's and how I meant it. There's a there's a picture of uh, one of these dollar bill cameras and it's it's mounted in a speed graphic, mm-hmm. and uh, and as you say, you've got mm-hmm. a cardboard lens board um but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just i mean the whole lot it, it looks beyond homemade and uh and, and it's, it, it amuses me that is is marked he's gone to the he's gone to the effort of marking where the center of the lens board and then then just just stuffed this this there's note this <laughs> note in there um as if like yeah. it really mattered whether it was in the middle or not i, 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 I love that
1: yeah it's pretty awesome
0: I think uh, he's definitely somebody that we need to find out a little bit more about. Um, Right, Jenny, it's been absolutely fantastic having you with us.
1: Oh, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. I've really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. Um, Right. Now we'll we'll do shout outs and a a few other things, but there's just one one thing we need to do before we do that. And that's to say thank you um, to those people that have donated to us or rather the person that has donated to us uh, since last time, and that is Christopher J. May. Um, thank you very much, Christopher. Uh, really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, thank you. Um, right, so let's do some shout-outs, shall we? Andrew, have you going to shout-out this week?
2: Well, I did mention courtesy of Jimmy Hickford, didn't I? Um, uh, Lusco Luskova. So I'll yeah. shout her out, because I'm going to look at a bit more of her work now. I'm just having a quick look as I talk. So that's a new photographer for me. Don't think it's large format, but who cares? Marquetta Lus. Other formats are available. They are yes, or allowed. We don't have uh, all. All's good, isn't it? All's good, whatever. Whether you want to push film, pull it. (laughs) um, Whether you want to scratch it, whether you want to um, set a fire to it, (laughs) if, if that fits in with your vision. You were, then it's all it's all good. You were
0: almost doing well then, and uh, <laughs> there, there you go, um, Je- Jenny. I've, I mean, you've just just had one shout out. Have you got any other shout outs?
1: Um, I'm going to shout out for Skate Like a Girl. Yes. <laughs> um, fantastic organization, incredible women who, um, I mean, had I not met them, I could not have created the work that I've I've made and um. It led to so many other things and um anyway i just i think i love them i think they're a great organization so i'm going to shout out to them and let more people know about them
0: <laughs> okay. uh well i've i've got one shout out and, and i'm really really happy about this uh, about this one uh, and that's to the six towns Dark Room in stoke-on-trent in tunstall stoke-on-trent which is back open again after i don't know six months of lockdown We we are now open on a on a Tuesday night uh, from seven o'clock till late. Um, Because as you know, uh, time in a dark room goes, (laughs) it it disappears. Um, So if anybody fancies coming down and uh, joining us uh, on a on a Tuesday night, um, get in touch with me um, either via. Twitter or the email address that's going to be given at the end of the show um, or Instagram. Get in touch with me first. Then the reason why I say that. Um, apart from the fact you don't know where it is, um, the other the other one is um, we've we've got restrictions on numbers, um, so uh, we 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 don't want any more than six people uh, in the club. And by the way, the club isn't just, just a dark room. There's a studio there, and uh, yeah, there's plenty of space to actually socially distance, sitting there with your mask on, um, and uh, and and just just talk about stuff really. Um, but there's also a, a dark room with several enlargers, including a seven a, a five by seven and larger that was donated to us by Stephen Sagersby um, so uh, thank you again for that one Stephen um, so yeah so absolutely delighted uh, that that's back open so yeah get in touch with me if you want to come along and, um, and say hello to us um, right so um, Jenny uh, you've got a book coming out
1: yes um, it's called Skater Girls uh, Daylight Books is publishing this book for me and uh, it is due out in September Um, I'm just thrilled and uh, if anyone is interested in purchasing um, you can do that through my website JennySampson.com you can also ask your local bookstore to carry it Um, there is distribution um, in Northern Europe and in England and UK and all that Um, and uh, also Amazon Um, I like to support independent bookstores though and so anyway those are all the different ways you can get it and um let's see what else uh instagram
0: you're on instagram instagram
1: Instagram, jenny sampson photography Mm
0: -hmm. and yeah are you on twitter or facebook or anywhere else
1: i am on well i actually just joined twitter but i don't really know very much about it i just um it's funny when the BBC article came out. My cousin emailed me; she saw it before I did. And then my other cousin said, "You're trending on Twitter." <laughs> like, I don't know <laughs> what that means. <laughs> what do I do? So, anyway, he guided me through. I opened up a Twitter account, but I don't know what to do with it. So, um, <laughs> and then Facebook. Um, I am on Facebook, uh, Jenny Sampson. I. It's not a. I don't think it's public. I probably should make a Jenny no, Sampson. If it's- yeah if it's
0: if it's a private account it's a private account it's just more about if you had a um a dedicated site to your work as more more so right. than just being on on there
1: yeah i think um instagram is the the best place and the web and my website yeah jenny com is the website and jenny sampson photography is the instagram
2: well, if, if you are on facebook and uh, i'm glad simon clarified it that you that, that, that you are even even if it's perhaps in a low key way um, mm-hmm. the, the best thing about Facebook, of course, are the groups, and we mm-hmm. have a we have a very interactive and friendly and super positive uh, uh, Facebook group called Large Format Photography Podcast. And <laughs> um, funnily enough, <laughs>
3: I will. And if you
2: if you if you want to hunt that out, and um, uh, I I probably if I probably can't invite you because I, I can you only invite friends. I don't know how that works. <laughs> but you can apply to join you have to ask you have to ask a question and depending on how you answer it Jenny we may or may not let you in
1: (laughs) photography photography
2: photography format podcast and uh, the post that's sitting right at the top is the link to your BBC website that I shared earlier while we were chatting just to tell people that we were
3: talking so it's
2: very very live we're very live and on the moment (laughs) but we'd love to oh there you've asked to join there you go (laughs) Have you answered the question?
1: Oh, let's see. Okay, no, it's
2: okay. We'll I've okay. let you in. It's yeah, fine. You You're in. We've given you a pass, <laughs> Jenny. Oh
1: my gosh! Thank you. <laughs> I'm honoured. Uh, <laughs> I'm
2: just trying. But to yeah, thank you say, for say, this say is fantastic. I always ask. I always ask new members to um, say hello and introduce themselves and um, tell them, you know. But you can say, "Here I am," and publish your book. Show show where people can get your book and all that okay. sort of stuff. Will do. And um, any pictures of your mobile dark room, we we love to see all that sort of stuff. And
3: okay, uh, you yeah. can even
2: yeah. put a picture of your camera on if you want to. You know, <laughs> that'll, that'll excite some folks.
1: All right, sounds good. Um,
0: thank so, you. For so, for, for our our bit, um, if people want to get in touch with us, um, and they're not on Facebook, and there are plenty of people who don't like Facebook for good reasons, um, mm-hmm. what's the best way to get in touch
2: with us? Well, they you? can email us, Simon. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea, uh, they can email us by emailing large format photography podcast at gmail.com. That's it, and
0: that's not the large format photography no, podcast at gmail.com, no, is it?
2: Large format photography podcast at gmail.com, yeah. and, and I know that I called it up on my phone deliberately because I knew you were going to ask me. And after 35 <laughs> shows, I ought to be able to get it right, really.
0: Um, <laughs> and we, we do have an Instagram feed, um, which is not the most active as in proactive is perhaps a better way of putting it because lots of people seem to be following us um and it's just largely me putting stuff out occasionally um so uh, um but yeah uh, if you we we'll, we do put things out onto that feed but not as often as perhaps we should do
2: um
0: so when we say uh, we uh, that's you, isn't it, really? yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean I, I, if you wish to be delegated that this role and andrew i No,
2: uh, i have two instagram accounts already yeah
0: well I do know.
3: <laughs> it's a lot
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, okay so um, right so we've done have we done how to get in touch oh yeah so outside of this show Andrew how can people keep up with the things you do
2: on Twitter and Instagram warboys snapper and every couple of weeks as a co-host on the lensless podcast which is all about pinhole photography and we're creeping closer to show 100 but it's um, it's pretty painful <laughs> as we limp towards it <laughs>
0: uh, well uh i can be found doing another podcast called the classic lenses podcast and i think we're on about 130 no no we haven't done yeah. that 128 we've done well you've
2: kept that you've kept that going weekly i mean we we did it weekly for about a year and a half and then uh, well, it, it, it's a you know good on you for keeping it going weekly but we two weeks is is pretty regular for us now
0: yeah if it fell down a bit over lockdown yeah lots lots of things going or if on. you can
2: get johnny out of bed he seems to be asleep all the time so.
0: yeah and bad things going on in hong kong and things like that yeah absolutely so uh, so, uh yeah so uh there's there's that i'm on twitter is simon four um that's f-o-r um, I'm on Instagram as Simon Forster Photographic, which is also the name of my website. Um, well, I'm actually, I've been I've been making things for Hamish Gill's Pixelator. I saw um, that.
2: That's that slide. You 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 can now go to Simon's website and um, either download for free his through Thingiverse, whatever that is, yeah. his little insert for scanning slides on the Pixelator, or he'll sell you one for ten thousand pounds.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe less, but not much. <laughs> But it looks great
2: it looks very professional. I don't yeah. know what I don't mean to sound surprised but it really does.
0: <laughs> yeah, well it, it it works pretty well too. So uh yeah. but uh, the thing is with the the pixelator you can do 4x5 with it as well uh, because yep. when it's when you take all these gates and things out of it it's it's sized to fit a uh, a 4x5 uh, sheet so uh, that's great for digitizing there.
2: Well you could use it for displaying a 4x5 transparency on your window, couldn't you, or in the kitchen or somewhere, with a with with a window light behind it, that would be just, lovely.
0: You just reminded me of something there. I, I took some pictures on some really slow ISO film, and it it, it I don't know what kind of didn't film didn't you push it no I didn't well maybe can you I rate did, it to uh, didn't, didn't 6400 what the rating... or something. No, I, yeah. I think I may have pushed it to 20 and I think I went too far um, but what was the, what I particularly liked about it was the the, the neg- I actually just liked looking at the at the negative it, it was Absolutely. just a beautiful negative and I think when I tried to I actually haven't tried to print it but when I scanned it, it I just preferred mm-hmm. to look at the negative as it is You know, Mm -hmm. just just really really nice. Anyway, that's a that's a whole different matter. So, um, uh, Jenny, um, thank you, thank you for your patience uh, with Andrew in particular. Um,
2: (laughs) (laughs) um, I hope hope you've enjoyed it nonetheless.
1: It's been great. Thank you.
2: You, You've been a delight to have on. Thank you. um, I've enjoyed every minute of sitting back and listening to you, and I think for it'll give some hope. And some solace for those folks and I know there are a lot out there who just struggle with taking pictures of strangers which is effectively what you're doing yeah. so mm-hmm. it's very easy folks just take a dark room to uh, out into <laughs> yeah. the streets and a large format camera and all your problems are solved
3: exactly, exactly. <laughs>
0: um, okay so I, I hope you've enjoyed uh, listening to uh, this week's show and we'll be back in a fortnight so uh,
3: goodbye Bye. bye